Good morning, everyone. If you guys would like to stand, we have a couple of young ones that want to say something this morning to get us started. We're just not all together this morning. Let's try that again. Two, three, four. What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on the everlasting arms. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how sweet to walk in this pilgrim way. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Father God, I just come before you and just, just praise you for an incredible Sunday school class this morning and the, the many blessings you gave us throughout the day yesterday at the work day for spring work day, Lord God. And, and God, the blessings that you're going to continue to pour out here this morning. I just pray that as we have gathered together in this place, that we'll open our hearts and our ears to hear what you have to say, Lord God, to feel your blessings, your presence in each one of our hearts individually. God, we just ask that you just shine down upon us, open the windows of heaven, and may we hear from you this day. May we leave this place, each one of us individually, knowing that we didn't just come get our ticket punched. We didn't just happen to show up in church. We came here this day, and we stood in the presence of the one who loves us the most. God, may your name be lifted up, and may your people be glorified. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good seeing everybody this morning. It, 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 if you haven't noticed any of the things that got done yesterday, the, 
the the teenagers are here. The the sidewalks got uh, pressure washed. The church has been pressure washed and ready to be painted. And just a lot of things happened yesterday. And God has blessed us in many ways. Carla's going to share a little more with you about that in just a little bit. But for now, walk around, shake somebody's hand, just tell them it's good to be in God's house and that we've had a great weekend and looking forward to the rest of it. Amen. Where is Carla? Bigger than my problems, bigger than all my fears. God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Bigger than all my questions, bigger than anything. God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Bigger than all the shadows that fall across my path. God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Bigger than my confusion, he's bigger than anything. God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Bigger than all my problems, bigger than all my fears. God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Bigger than all my questions, bigger than anything. God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Bigger than all the giants of fear and unbelief, God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Bigger than my discouragement, bigger than anything, God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Bigger than all my problems, bigger than all my fears, God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Bigger than all my questions, bigger than anything, God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Bigger than all the shadows that fall across my path, God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Bigger than my confusion, He's bigger than anything, God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Bigger than all my problems, bigger than all my fears, God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Bigger than all my questions, bigger than anything, God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. God is bigger than any mountain that I can or cannot see. Yay. All right. Really just a, um, not, there's not much in the way of announcements this morning. Just a couple of prayer requests. The, the spring work day went incredibly well yesterday. Uh, Carla's not in here still, so she must have got tied up one of the youth or something like that. Or got tied up by one of the youth. Yeah, right. Uh, so I don't know where she is, so I guess I will kind of steal her thunder somewhat. The, if you was not here yesterday, I, I actually did, was not able to come back over around to the, uh, the yard sale for the youth fundraiser yesterday. I came early in the morning. I was working, uh, my son and I was building the shed over there from 7 o'clock all day, so I never got to see actually what was going on at the fundraiser. However, I heard just about everybody had come through at one point or another, and it really went incredibly well. But the bottom line is, the great thing is, through the Lord's blessings, every child is, looks like is going to be able to go to camp. And it brought in, if I, 
Carla may correct me, but I believe it was $2,700 through that fundraiser yesterday. Amen. God gets the blessings there, guys. That's, that's a, an incredible fundraiser and a lot of opportunities to, to shake hands with folks and just let them know that God loves them. And, and a lot of people came through and just donated. And, and some folks just threw, you know, I want to pay a child to go to camp and put that money into that pot as well. So praise God for that. So God gets all the blessings for that on top of all the work that got done here yesterday. Also, too, I've, I've been here almost 15 years now, and in 15 years, uh, our, we have a dinner every Thursday night and all the events. We've always had to go and buy ice. We now have an ice maker in working this morning. I opened the lid, full ice over there. That may not sound like a lot to you guys, but at the last minute when you have to run and get ice and everybody's standing with their tea glass wanting ice, it's nice to now I'll just go back there and t- get a scoop. Amen? So praise the Lord for that as well. Uh, as I said, I don't believe I have any uh, other announcements. We are kind of caught up on things right now. Be in prayer for Vacation Bible School. That is coming up, and they are working hard and heavy, uh, trying to get all the, uh, the ornamentations and everything done for that. And then also to RA and GA camp. If you have not gotten with Brian and Julie on that, uh, or Carla and Julie, let them know if you have a child that's wanting to go to RA or GA camp. And I believe that's all of the announcements. Brother Bob, you have the scripture reading this morning? Absolutely. Yeah, let me pray with you. Father God, I just thank you again for my brother's willingness to open the word and come and share with us like this. God, he's, this job he has now, he travels so much, but yet he tries to be here every Sunday. And we thank you for his willingness and his diligence and his wanting to please and serve you, God. May we hear you through him today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, brother. Bless the Lord. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. I'd like to share just a scripture, if I may, with you. Um, when I, Brian went with me up to Ohio, he had the opportunity to meet my good friend, um, Johnny Roberts. He's uh, from Kentucky, but he lives in southern Ohio now. He's a really good mandolin player. And uh, he and I used to play a song together, and you could just feel the spirit come over Johnny when he would sing that song. It was called, uh, The Things I Used to Do, I Don't Do No More. <laughs> so um, that's a great, uh, it, there's a great message in that song. And we're going to look at First Peter chapter, um, chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. And just a little background on this. This is a call from the Apostle Peter towards holy living. And... What he, he's saying basically in the scripture is the things we used to do we shouldn't be doing anymore. So it says, therefore, get your minds ready for action, being self-disciplined, and set your hope completely on the grace to be brought, on the grace to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the desires of your former ignorance. But as one, as the one who has called you is holy, you also are to be holy in all your conduct. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. So we're called to come away from the things that we used to do. Um, in other areas in the, in the Bible, it says to, um, come away from the world and be separate. Come away from the world and be a peculiar people, right? So we're supposed to be different. If somebody looks at us and looks at the world and they can't tell that we're a little different, then we're doing something wrong. So let's try to um, practice the things because the Bible says that the world will see the ways of God as foolishness, but we see the ways of God 
as the way to eternal life and eternal glory. So let's uh, practice that in our, our daily walk so that other people can see us and see that there's something different about us and they might be interested in having a little something of what God has done for us. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just thank you for the opportunity to be in your house of worship, Lord God, and I thank you for each family represented here, Lord God, and I thank you for the ones that couldn't be here and for our shut-ins also, Lord God, the people that were part of our body who are not able to be here, that they're in nursing homes and hospitals and some at home, Lord God. I just pray that you touch them and let them feel your spirit and let them know that they're still part of our body and that we still are thinking of them and the fellowship that we have with them. And we just pray that you would allow each one, Father, to receive something special from you so that they might leave here refreshed and renewed, ready to go out into a sinful and a dying world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, I forgot from up there. Um, Sister Wendy's mother asked if we as a church, she is still in the hospital. She's been in the hospital a couple of weeks. Uh, she didn't even ask first to pray for her healing. She asked if we as a church would pray for her endurance of the pain that she's going through as she gets to where she needs to be. So obviously, as a church body, we do need to lift her up in prayer. Also, too, I would, I would ask you, remember to go over your prayer list. We do that every Thursday evening, but it's good every day for us to be praying over that prayer list. But Marty is on there for his liver transplant. He had a, a call this morning, to come, or yes, last night, to come in. Today's the day, and it, they had all their hopes up, and it turns out that the gentleman that that was on life support, the liver was not good like they thought it would be. So it, it cut it, you know, he, they're, they're, they were uplifted and then shot back down again. So just keep them in prayer. He's on top of the list when another one's available, but keep them in your prayers as well as they thought that finally this was going to come to fruition today, and it didn't. So before we sing, let me lift these two folks up in prayer again. And guys, if you want to pray, you can be praying at the same time. We're praying in one accord for our brothers and sisters here. Father God, I do lift up Wendy's ma to you and just ask, Lord, that you will just touch her again. And in his one body, Lord, we are lifting her up to you, laying her at your feet, and just pray that she not only feels your presence there at University Hospital today, but that she can see that in the midst of the pain, you're there. Give her the strength to endure what needs to happen. We pray you heal her. We pray you just repair her body and get her back on her feet. But God, we also know that you know what's best. So she's asked that you would give her the strength to endure whatever it may be. And may your will be done as you lift her up. And again, be with uh, uh, Marty and just, just let him know that, that you're still on the throne and still in control. And though the timing seemed to be right this morning, your timing wasn't there yet. So God, just let him feel your peace as you speak to him this day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, let's continue singing this morning. We're going to sing the Lily of the Valley. I found a friend in Jesus. He's everything to me. He's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. The lily of the valley, in him alone I stand. All I need to cleanse and make me fully whole. In sorrow he's my comfort, in trouble he's my stay. He tells me every care on him to roll. 
He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He all my grief is taken, and all my sorrows born. And temptation is my strong and mighty tower. I have all for him forsaken, and all my idols torn from my heart. And now he keeps me by his power. Though all the world forsake me, and Satan tempt me sore, through Jesus I shall safely reach the goal. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He will never, never leave me, no yet forsake me here, while I live by faith and do His blessed will. A wall of fire about me, I've nothing now to fear. From His manna, He my hungry soul shall fill. Then sweeping up to glory to see His blessed face, where rivers of delight shall ever roll. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. We got more. <laughs> Everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing. When Conquer 
Your 
all singing Ten thousand reasons for my heart to find Bless the Lord, oh my soul Oh my soul Worship His holy name Sing like this service today that we will worship your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. The grandbaby kept saying more and more to the music. Let's see if he does that to me now. <laughs> I know the adults out there is going to say more, more, more. <laughs> Not going to work that way, I have a feeling. However, if you have your, you don't have to laugh so loud, David. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to 2 Samuel chapter 9. 2 Samuel chapter 9. <clears throat> 2 Samuel chapter 9. And I'll be honest with you, I practiced this gentleman's name in the Scripture several times, but it takes me once or twice to get it right again. But here we go. Starting in verse 1, chapter 9, verse 1. David asked, Is there anyone remaining from Saul's family that I can show kindness to because of Jonathan. There was a servant of Saul's family named Ziba. They summoned him to David, and the king said to him, Are you Ziba? I am your servant, he replied. So the king asked, Is there anyone left of Saul's family I can show the kindness of God to? And Ziba said to the king, There is still Jonathan's son, who is lame in both feet. And the king asked him, Where is he? And Ziba answered to the king, You'll find him in Lodabar, at the house of Maker, son of Amiel. So King David had him brought from the house of Machar, son of Amiel, in Lodabar. And Mephibosheth, got it right first try, Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, son of Saul, 
came to David, bowed down to the ground, and paid homage. And David said, Mephibosheth, I am your servant, he replied. Don't be afraid, David said to him, since I intend to show you kindness because of your father Jonathan. I will restore to you all your grandfather Saul's fields, and you will always eat meals at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, What is your servant that you take an interest in a dead dog like me? And then the king summoned Saul, attendant Ziba, and said to him, excuse me, then the king summoned Saul's attendant Ziba and said to him, I have given to your master's grandson all that belonged to Saul and his family. You, your sons, and your servants are to work the grounds for him, and you are to bring in the crops so that your master's grandson will have food to eat. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, is always to eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. And Ziba said to the king, Your servant will do all my lord the king commands. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table just like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son whose name was Micah. All those living in Ziba's house were Mephibosheth's servants. However, Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he had always ate at the king's table. He was lame in both feet. The story this morning I wanted to share with you guys, I, I, I share with you because so often and so many times, Christians feel as though that because of their past, because of some inalienable difference, because of some problem that they have within their body or within their life, that they feel as though they have to just live on the crumbs of life, that, that, that they are being blessed, that, that they, they are just so thankful that God even might a little bit acknowledge them. They are, they are okay with just nibbling on the crumbs on the sidelines. Folks, Satan's primary objective is to, one, not to, to, to inter, impede anyone coming to find Christ, but to those who have already known Christ, his primary objective is to get Christians to backslide, to deny their, their, their experience with God, to turn their back on God and go back to the beggarly ways of the world, to go back to the ways that the world had, had brought them into where they were. However, his next objective, if he can't get us to backslide, is to try to get us to live below our spiritual privileges, to be able to, to, to get inside our heads and, and, and move within our hearts and within our minds and make us think that we have to just barely subside. We, barely, we have to just barely eke by. In Romans chapter 8, verse 37, it says that we are more than conquerors through him that strengthens us, through him that loved us. We are more than conquerors. However, Jesus, uh, excuse me, Satan speaks to us all the time. He's always that continuous noise, that nuisance in the back. And he is always whispering in our ear, and he's always screaming out all around us all the time. And he wants to convince us that not only are we not more than conquerors, but that we can barely even hold on. Satan is continually moving and trying to, to, to move himself around in our lives and to make himself seem this or seem that to the point that we not only think we're not more than conquerors, but we can't even make it through what we have. We're not even going to be able to get through. We're hanging on by the skin of our teeth, just trying to hold down the fort till Jesus comes. Folks, let me tell you, that is a lie from Satan. We can't be happy because we, we are in this continual state of discouragement oftentimes, barely making it. Rather than, 
than, than, than sitting back and realizing that God's going to provide our needs. Instead of sitting back and just enjoying the warmth of the sunshine and the birds that are singing, Satan has got us worried and in and, and, and turmoil about how I just hope that God even remembers me a little bit. But yet it says in Psalms 37, 25, it says, I have been young and now I am old. Yet in all my life, I have not seen God's seed begging in the wilderness. In other words, what he's saying is once you are of the Lord, now you may go through trials. You may go through periods of life or this or that isn't quite meeting where you want to be. But if your life, if your hands, if your spirit, your heart has been placed in the hands of Jesus Christ, folks, you are a child of the king and you are spiritually blessed regardless of what the evil one may say. Regardless of what Satan may say, we can step back and realize we have royal blood that flows through us. And I do not have to stand and be discouraged and defeated every day. The devil wants to convince us that we should. He wants to convince us that, that we're going to be bankrupt, that God has forgotten about us, that, that we're lucky that the creditors aren't just banging on our door right, right now just wanting to take everything away but our life. Satan's going to holler those things, but Jesus says, take refuge. I have come so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Satan's whispering in your ear, oh, you can't even pay your tithes. You can't, you can't pay off your bills. God doesn't care about you. He's not going to help you. You might as well just turn your back and run. You know, you're just a dead dog. Why would God even care about you? The Bible says in Ephesians 4, chapter 4, verse 8, that, that when he came, Jesus came, he took captivity, led captivity into being captive and gave gifts unto men. You hear what that says there, guys? But the devil wants to convince us that, that not only can we not leave captivity captive, but we can't even be delivered from captivity. Satan wants us to think that we are locked down, chained down, that there's no way we can ever have actual life. But the Scriptures has laid it out over and over and over. Through Christ, we have victory. Now, Jesus said the world was going to be hard. He said it's a rough place, but I have come, and I have, he said, be of good cheer, for I have conquered the world. Satan will continue to whisper in our ear that the, that the, that the sin in our past will bound us and bound us forever. But yet Jesus said that when you have taken of me, when you've been washed by my blood, that the sin is put as far as the east is from the west, never to be looked upon again. We know these promises. Oftentimes we've studied these promises. We know that God said that, that our sin has been washed. If we are faithful and true to, to, to bring our sins unto Him and confess our sins unto God, it says that He will cleanse us of all unrighteousness. We have these words in our head, but with Satan continually speaking in the background, we oftentimes forget that and start living below our privileges, below that sins that's been washed away, and start thinking, well, who am I? I'm just a, I'm just a dead dog. The weaknesses and the, the spiritual attacks that tend to come upon us when Satan is attacking are never going to be relieved if we don't go to the Lord. When we continue to buy into the, to the lie that Satan is selling, when we continue to think that, that we not only can lead captivity to be captive, but we're the ones that's going to be held captive, our lives are going to be discouraging. That's what Satan wants you to believe. Satan wants you to think that you cannot have joy. If you are a Christian, you can hear it on the media productions. You can hear it all over the TV, magazines, people you speak to. Oh, you know, Christians, are, are they, they suck on lemons and sit on their hands and don't do, can't do anything that's fun. 
They have to just barely hang in there. And, and you know that these Christians, they can't do this and they can't do that. There is a whole lot of more I can's than there is I can'ts, guys. We just have to recognize whom it is that we are empowered by and shut out the one that is continually whispering in our ear, that's continually, possibly maybe even screaming all around us. You know, Isaiah, when he was prophesying about the one to come in Isaiah 53, 5, when he's talking about the, the, the one who's going to be our sacrifice, when he's talking about the Messiah, he said in Isaiah 53, 5, he says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. His chastisement, the chastisement of our peace was placed upon him, and by his stripes we have been healed. Folks, Isaiah spoke of Jesus. Jesus went to the cross for us. He paid that price. He became our propitiation for our sin. He carried it out onto the death, the plan of God. But the devil would have us convinced. He would speak to us in such a way that we would think that we are not going to not only not be healed, but that the diseases of sin and the power of sin is going to continually hold us down. That is not what the Scripture says. If you're here this morning... And, and you feel as though that you've lived a lifestyle or you've been, because of your past, God's not going to want to take care of you. If you feel as though that there's some sin in your life that God cannot cleanse, if there's something that's going on around you where you feel trapped and there's no way that God would want you at his table, I am going to tell you this morning, you have bought into the lie that Satan is putting out there. There is nothing that you have done or possibly thought you might have done that God cannot forgive. If you're in that position, you've been discouraged, you've been beaten down, and you're, you're just eating from the crumbs of the table, just, just thankful that the, door, the roof didn't fall in when you walk through these front doors of God's house. If you're, if you're that person, then Satan has succeeded in convincing you that you don't have that royal blood anymore. Folks, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're a joint heir to the throne of God. There's royal blood flowing through your veins. You are a royal descendant. Yes, you may have had some crippling things happen to you, and because of that, you're afraid to approach the king. But I'm going to tell you this morning, regardless of how crippled you may think you are spiritually, my God said, whomsoever believes in their heart and professes with their mouth, they are mine. So shall they be saved. But pastor, you just don't realize how bad of a person I've been. You don't realize how bad I was yesterday, last night. You know what? It doesn't matter how bad you were yesterday or last night or whether I know about it. You and God do, and when you take it to Him and you truly say, Father, I forgive me, and that means not with your mouth, you truly mean it from your heart, God's going to cleanse you and wash you from your unrighteousness. Now, if you say it knowing you're going to do it again next week purposely, yeah, there's a problem there. That means there was no true forgiveness. But Satan's going to say, why even go to the Father? You're just a filthy dog. You're a dead dog. You, you have no right. Those are lies coming from the evil one. Folks, there is a banquet table. There is a banquet table that, that's spread for folks, all, that, that God has put his, his, his whole meal out upon, and yet we choose to just survive on the crumbs. We choose just to kind of eke in a door. And while there's this place set for us that, that, that God's made for us at the king's table, we choose to be sold into the house of maker. That the house of maker, as we read here, that, that, that means to be, 
sold into a, a, a just barely existing, barely getting by. In fact, we, we, if, we, if that's the way we are living today, and I'm not talking about you have a lot of money in the bank or a steak dinner on your table. If you're living in a state of discouragement today, if you're living in a position where you feel as though maybe God just does not care, then you have bought into that lie and you ought to put sold on the top of your lintel of your house. Because that is not true. If you feel as though this morning, why would God want me? Then, then Has anybody ever, you know, I guess you don't have to hold your hands up, but I bet every hand in here would go up. Has anybody ever bought something and then realized later, man, that guy was a good salesman. This is junk. Or worse yet, bought something and realized, oh, it is more than just signing your name. I got four years of whatever now. I bet all of us have fallen into that trap at one point or another. All of us at one point or another has had that position where there was a good salesman. There was someone who was able to to push some kind of goods upon us that we really didn't want, but we were sold. We signed our, our name to it. That's what Satan is doing to each one of us, guys. He's trying to sell us a bill of goods. He's trying to sell us that we've been sold into captivity. He's trying to tell us that we've sold out our birthright. That, that why would Jesus want anything to do with us? When you committed that sin, sin yesterday, when you committed that sin back in 1960, when you committed that sin, whenever it was, you know, you sold your birthright. Why would God want anything to do with you? Folks, that, that is Satan spread, spreading those rumors and lies. And if you buy into them, you are selling out your birthright. Jesus said that we can be cleansed, washed, and made whole. There is a place at the king's table but yet we choose to sell out to the lie and hope to survive on the crumbs underneath. Folks, if that's you this morning, let me tell you, there is a robe placed in a godly cabinet that has your name on it. A robe of praise, a, 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 a robe of worship that is hanging there waiting for you to come in and put it on. Even though Satan's saying that you have to live like you, all, that you live in rags. Even though Satan's saying God doesn't want anything to do with you. Let me remind you this morning that my God has written you into the Lamb's Book of Life with His own precious blood. And He's done that this morning for each and every individual that chooses to accept Him. Satan can holler those lies. He can continue those lies around you. And you might believe the lies, but even if you believe the lies, it does not change the fact that that robe still hangs there, that that place at the Lord's table is still sitting there for you. It does not change the fact that you still have royalty flowing in your veins through the blood of Jesus Christ. There is a spot in the lineage book with your name written on it. But if you've been sold the idea that you're just a dirty dog, you don't go and claim it. You don't go and ask. You know, praise God, Sister Wendy came to me this morning and asked for prayer for her mama. That's a great thing. She understood and knew that it doesn't matter who I am. I believe in the Lord. And because I believe in Christ, I can go to the throne of God and we can talk to the throne of God. Folks, when you live in a state of discouragement, you'll notice your prayer life breaks down more and more and more. And the more your prayer life breaks down, the harder your life gets. The more you're just surviving on the crumbs. When in reality, we should be 
with boundless energy coming unto the Lord and saying, Father God, speaking to Him, coming to His table, saying, Lord, here I am. We need to, to, to move out of the lie that, that Satan has sold us, guys, and, and, be, be, and realize that God wants to hear us, that God has so much for us, that, that He is right there waiting. All we have to do is turn to Him. Father God, here I am. Send me. I want to be what you've called me to be. There is a place at the king's table for everyone that's hearing my voice, whether in this church, whether they're on the the podcast, whether they're on the radio, wherever my voice is going right now, any one of you guys that can hear me, God is speaking to you and saying there is a place at his table for you if you will accept him and quit listening to the lie. If you will shut out the lies that the world that Satan is continually throwing out there, there is a place. Poor Mephibosheth, Mephibosheth, there we go, was living below his privileges. He was living below his means, and he didn't even know it. He knew he was royalty. He knew that he was the son of Jonathan, the son of Saul. He knew he was Saul's grandson. He knew that there was royal blood in his veins, but he had been crippled by the enemy. And because he had been crippled, he, he, he suffered this, this debilitating attack, and now he didn't feel worthy anymore. He knew there was royal blood in his lines, but, but, but he didn't feel worthy to be the king's son anymore. And so he went to the house of Maker in, in Ledabar and barely survived was barely getting by, even though he was royalty, even though he was the grandson of the greatest king before David, the first king before David. He chose to listen to the lie. He chose to say, I'm just a dead dog. The enemy had had succeeded in destroying his confidence. The enemy had succeeded in, in, in destroying his enthusiasm. He had taken away his ability to walk, and therefore, he just, just, just lost his enthusiasm, lost his confidence, and, and, and just gave up on things. But yet, notice something here in this story. The enemy could not change. And this is what we need to listen to this morning. The enemy cannot and could not change his status. He, no matter what the enemy could try to get him to believe, he could not change the fact that he was any less the king's grandson. Mephibosheth was the king's grandson, regardless of any of the lies that he bought into. All the enemy was able to do was to succeed in making him step down from his rightful place. He was still the grandson of Saul, but the enemy made him think, oh, well, why would the king David want you in his court? Why would you, why would the king want you in that place? It's the same thing for you and I, folks. The enemy cannot take away anything from us but he can convince us to walk away from our heritage. The enemy can't, cannot take away the salvation that you have placed in the hands of God Almighty. But he can, through all his incessant lies, make you choose to turn your back on your heritage. There's a difference there, guys. Poor Mephibosheth, he, he, he was living below his privilege, and he didn't even realize it. And it took the king, David, calling out to him to make him see any different. It took the king calling out to him and calling him back to him. I, I, can you imagine what his thoughts must have been? 
I mean, in his mind, he's probably thinking, who wants a, a, a cripple around the king's house? Who wants this, this guy that, you know, I can, can't even get around? I've got battle scars. No one's going to want me in the king's court looking like this. I, I'll just go over here and try to, to live off the crumbs. I'll just exist throughout my li- life's days till their end. Today, people say, well, you know, I've been an alcoholic. I've been uh, addicted to drugs. I'm a prostitute. I'm a liar. I'm a cheat. I'm a, I'm a thief. I lie. I do this. I do that. Why in the world would God ever allow me to come to his table? The great thing is, I cannot answer that question oftentimes. But what I can say is, he does want you, and there's a place there. And he said, if you will be faithful and true. You see, sin is sin. And all of us are, are kept from God by that sin. But those who accept Christ as their Lord and Savior it is by faith that we are saved through the blood of Jesus Christ. Every one of us has that capability. Every one of us can come into the Lord's presence. The enemy says, no, you, you, you were a druggie, you were this, you were that. You can't stand in the presence of God. Who do you think you are? That's when we should stop and say, I think I am the one that God was speaking to when he said, whomsoever. We have bought into the lie and we choose to live below our privileges, guys. We should be able to walk with our heads high regardless of our physical ailments, regardless of our financial ailments, regardless of whatever it is that Satan's using to try to make you think that you are less than royalty, regardless of whatever it is Satan's trying to hit you with, you should stop and say, I am a child of the king. Little did Mephibosheth, Little did he know that even while he was right there living off the crumbs, just a few blocks away was a table spread with all the king's blessings. And there was a place at that table for him. He had bought into the lie. Why would, why would David want me over there? Not a place of crumbs, but a place of surplus, a place of happiness, a place of, of, of mu- where music was playing and the, and the joy of the house of the king was all right there. But because the enemy had crippled him, because he had, had got his mindset, he bought the lie, he said, the king wouldn't want me around. Why would the king want me over there? Imagine his surprise the day that, that the, the people came to him and said, hey, King David wants to see you. People who live in discouragement, when, when they do hear that the king wants to see them, first thing that goes through their mind is what? I have a feeling, we don't know this, but I, I'm thinking in his mind was probably first, Oh, great, he wants to finish me off. He's heard there's a, a, a blight on the royal family and he needs to get rid of me because look at me. I'm not, I, why would the king want to see me? He's learned I'm, a, I'm an embarrassment to the royal family, so he's going to ex, exile me. He's going to send me away somewhere. The king found me and, you know, and I, I'm not worthy to be in the king's presence, so obviously the king's wanting to see me so he can just do away with me. Now, I don't know if that's what went through his mind, But you notice what he says when he goes to the king? What do you want with a dead dog like me? How many of us have been in that position? God, why would you want me? And what did David say? Mephibosheth, I don't think you understand. It's just come to my attention that you've been living in the house of Mechar and and I want to set you free. I want to set you free from there. Come, sit at my table. Come, sup with me. Come, share with me. I want to restore you 
to your rightful place. I want to restore you back to where you were supposed to be. No more crumbs. No more barely getting by. I want you to eat the king's bread for the rest of your life. Folks, that's what Jesus has done for you and I. The shackles of sin weigh us down. The shackles of sin will bring us down, and the guilt and the shame that rides with that sin will continually discourage and beat us down unless we give it back over to the Lord. And when he says that he wants us to eat at his table, guys, remember, food is great, but the Word of God, that's the bread that truly sustains man. And when we truly go to the Lord and start eating the bread of life, when we allow the Word of God to take focus and hold in our lives, whether it's physical food, money, whatever, none of that's going to matter as much anymore because we will be spiritually filled. For the first time in Mephibosheth's life, he realized that, that, even, that he, even though he had been a young man, the royal blood that was flowing through his veins could now come to fruition. Even though he had been crippled and, and bought into the lie, he realized for the first time, I get to sit at the table with the king and enjoy the blessings of the king. Even though he'd been living on crumbs for year, years, he was destined to be in the king's palace. Folks, that story still resonates with you and I today. Living in this darkened time in this world, we can say that we are, are existing on crumbs. Sometimes we just barely get by. We're hoping that when the Lord comes later today, because I'm so discouraged, so beaten down, I would share with you this morning that just as Mephibosheth, my king has said, come sit at his table, sup with him, allow the spiritual food, allow the Holy Spirit come upon you. And watch what will happen. You'll move from discouragement to encouragement to excitement. Your financial situation may or may not change. Your, your food table may or may not change. Your medical condition may or may not change. But spiritually, you'll be on top of the world again. You'll have a smile on your face. You'll have joy in your heart because you quit listening to the lie and you let truth that you are of royal lineage bought by the blood of the Lamb. And because of that, I can be free. Satan doesn't really care whether you have royal blood flowing through your veins. He wants you to live below your privilege. He doesn't care what your pedigree is if he can sell you into captivity. If he can lie to you and bring you down. There are too many people that are... are, 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 are carrying the king's name. Too many people that's accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior walking around today thinking to themselves that even though they know that the king's blood flows through their veins, even though they know they accepted Jesus Christ, they're thinking, I, I don't really have a right or any kind of privilege at the king's table. Even though Jesus said, even though Jesus said that I have come so that you may come unto me, I go to prepare for you a place not of hands of this world, so that when I return, I can call you and draw you unto myself. So many people have accepted Christ but are still convinced by the lie of the devil that they have to live in this house of slavery. Folks, don't allow it. We need to take Satan captive and, 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 and hold him captive and put him to the side and say, get thee behind me in the name of Jesus Christ. And put on that robe of praise, that robe of worship that's been hanging in that closet untouched. Go out and sit at that place where, where there's a, a, a king.
king's table where it's set for you, knowing that that book of life has your names written in it. It's sitting on the mantle in God's house. We don't need to live on crumbs anymore, barely making it from the day to day. There is a spiritual table that is spread with a... We, Sherry and I have been to some of these things, these pastors, the ends, and they put your name on that little card that's folded right there. So you know you have a place at the table. Isn't it great that at God's table, I don't even need a spiritual card because I know my name's written in blood in the book at the front door. And because I know my name's been written in that blood, Satan doesn't have that hold over me. I wish I could tell you I never get discouraged. I wish I could say I'm always smiling top of the mountain. But Satan's always speaking. And there are times where I'll start to feel myself to get discouraged. And I need to remember, wait a minute. My God said that I don't have to put up with this. I don't have to buy into the lie. I can have joy. I don't have to buy into this lie that I'm too crippled. I'm too bruised. I'm too battered. I'm too helpless. It doesn't matter what I am. What matters is who Christ is. And Christ said that I am his. A joint heir bought by the blood of the Lamb. I don't have to buy into the falsehood that, that God doesn't care about me. Because I know he does. Folks, I would share with you this morning that God's calling for you. If you're living in that state of discouragement, you're living in that state where you've been beaten down, and you're thinking that, why would God even want to speak to me? Uh, Yes, I'm sick. Yes, I have financial issues. Yes, I have this. Yes, I have that. I've been this. I've been that. Whatever the argument may be, if you're in that position, you're thinking, why would God want anything to do with me? I would say, think about this story between David and Mephibosheth. When Mephibosheth came before David and he said, why would you want anything to do with me? I'm but a filthy dog. David looked at him and said, you don't understand. You're Jonathan's son. You're Saul's grandson. You have royal blood flowing in you. I don't care what your feet look like. I don't care how you got your battle scars. The fact is, you're coming to me, and you are, are, have royal blood. When you come to Christ, Christ's going to say, yes, you've done those things. But the fact that you confess them unto me, I died for all of them. I made the sacrifice. For the remission of sin, there has to be the shedding of blood. And Jesus said, I shed my blood for you. Folks, I am tired of the devil telling us we can't have revival anymore, that we better be lucky that we're just saved ourselves. That's not true. I'm tired of the devil continually telling us that we have to be bound by sin, and that's just the way it is. No, that's not the way it is. I'm tired of the devil telling us how we can't have joy anymore, that to look at the world around us, that we just can't go out and live with happiness. No, I don't have to buy that. I'm tired of the devil telling us, well, you can't have people filled with the Holy Ghost anymore. It's a thing of the past. That, that, that was a denominational thing here. No, I don't have to buy that. My God still exists. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and all three parts not only exist, 
they are still working in a mighty and powerful way. And they can still make miracles happen. And they still move in a miraculous way. And that same triad, that same God said, whomsoever believes in me shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I don't have to buy into the lies. I don't have to survive on the breadcrumbs. I don't have to just try to make a way through this life on this side. Every day is a new day. This is a day the Lord hath made, and I shall rejoice in it and get up and smile and proclaim the Lord. You know, I have aches and pains like anyone else. I, my knees hurt, my back hurts. I could sit and give you off a, 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 a list. My son was helping me yesterday build that shed. And I told him, I said, son, this growing old just stinks. You just don't need to go here. I pop, I crack. I was going up the ladder. And and one time, Corey said, what was that? I said, that was my good knee. Things just happen. But you know what? I can have joy at it all. At the end of the day yesterday, I got to sit in the the fellowship hall, Brian, Danny, and Jenny, and, and we heard the ice machine dump, that first load of ice. Thank you, Jesus. Air conditioning, thank you, Jesus. Go home and just have, my grandson was there, my daughter was at the house, and just just go home and sit down and do nothing and just relax with family. Thank you, Jesus. I could sit and whine about all my hurts and pains and financial situations and there's a broke down car in the driveway. I could pick out all kinds of stuff. But instead, it's thank you, Jesus. You know why? Because I have royal blood through the blood of Jesus Christ. I don't have to live in discouragement. I can live with joy. And this morning, if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you don't have to listen to the lie that you're bound. You don't have to listen to the lie that you're going to be held captive. You can listen to the truth when Jesus said, I came so that you may have life and have it more abundantly. I have come so that you may be set free. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to stop living on the crumbs and understand that God himself said there is a banquet table waiting for you. Come to this wedding feast and then go and tell others and invite them to come to the wedding feast as well. Now, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that is a discouraging prospect. And yes, you're going to be discouraged. But if you will truly accept the Lord today, Give your heart to him and say, Father God, forgive me. Forgive me, for I know that I am a sinner in need of your grace. If you will come to the Lord today and say, God, here I am, truly, with your heart, he's going to wrap his arms around you and Satan's lies have no more hold. If you're here this morning and you do know Jesus is your Lord and Savior, then I'm going to share with you that you are of royal priesthood. You have the royal blood of Jesus Christ washing over you. You are in Christ. And that discouragement's not of the Lord. The great thing is, just like I was able to get in the shower last night and wash off all the sweat and the dirt and nasty, spiritually I can get in the shower of Jesus Christ and wash off all the ugly, the lies and the nasty and sit down at his table and say, thank you, Jesus. That all that decision rests with each one of you individually. I wish I could just share the joy of God with everyone and make them feel as I feel oftentimes, but only you can do that, guys. I used to, I remember how many years I sang, especially at Christmas, about the Father of Peace, and He was the God of Peace, and yet I was an angry young man that always wanted to go out and cause trouble. 
But when I finally gave in to the Lord and realized that peace exists, it's real. But I have to want it. I have to choose it. I have to turn to the li- away from the lies and turn to Christ. What is your choice this morning? Mephibosheth came before the king and said, I, I am just a dirty dog. What would you want to have with me? Thinking, man, he's going to exile me. He's going to kill me. He's, I'm a blight on the royal family. But David said, you don't understand, son. You're Jonathan's son. You're Saul's grandson. You're going to sit at my table. We come and we think, what would Jesus want to do with me? I'm dirty, I'm stained, I'm a sinner. I've kept people from the church. I'm a hateful, ugly person. What would you have to do with me, Lord? And God says, you don't understand. I love you. I died for you. And if you'll choose to, there's a place at my table for you. It's your choice. It's your decision. Only you can make that decision. You can't make it for your spouse. You can't make it for your kids. You can only answer for yourself. What is your choice? What will you tell the Lord? Do you choose to continue to live in discouragement? Or will you choose to stand up to the evil and say, Get thee behind me, for I look to the goal ahead of me, Jesus Christ. What is your choice this morning, guys? I want to lead us in a word of prayer, and this altar will be open. You can pray right where you're at. If you're making that choice today, I'm going to put my old life behind me. I I give it to the Lord this day, and I just ask for his cleansing, his washing. You can do it right where you're at. You can come to this altar, or I'll pray with you, whatever it may be. But know that each one of us, individually, the Lord's reaching out to. It's your decision this morning. Let's all stand. I want to lead us in a word of prayer. Father God, I come before you this morning just asking in the name of Jesus that we will truly lift up our hearts unto you. That each one of us will quit buying into the lie. Uh, Satan's got his little minions sitting all around just discussing the better tactics of how to attack each one of us. May we not listen to the lie. May we no longer heed that lie. But may we listen to the truths. You said, Lord, that we should study to find ourselves approved. And as we study, as we put your word into our heart, the psalmist says, it is then that we will not sin against thee. I just pray, Father, that we will focus on your promises and your prayers. So not only will we not sin against thee, but we will live with the joy that you promised us. God, I just pray your will to be done, Lord. Help us in this time of decision, and may your name be lifted up and glorified by the choices that are made here this day. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. If God's speaking to you this morning, guys, I just pray that you will listen to whatever it is that he is calling you to do. That you individually will speak to the Lord. I'd love to intercede for you, and I will. I'll pray with you and for you. But he wants to hear from you. Will you listen to what he has to say this day? Will you lift him up this morning as we pray? Father God, again, just touch these folks in Jesus' name as we sing this morning.
but you got to come to him so that he can speak to you. You need to let him know, Lord, I do believe in what you say, and I shut down the, the lies. I don't want to live on crumbs anymore of your word. I want your Holy Spirit to fill me, indwell me, heaped up, pressed down, overflowing, so that the world will know that I am yours. Guys, I hear the news like anyone else does. And yes, I hear how our world is headed and the society in general is headed. But the great thing is, I can still have a smile on my face because I know who's in ultimate control. That's where joy comes from. You can't buy it. You can't go read a book on five ways to up your joy. Or you can, but it's not going to work. What brings joy is knowing Christ. Quit buying the lie and be filled with His grace. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. It's good seeing everybody this morning. Again, for, for all you folks that was able to make it out here yesterday, uh, thank you for all the hard work you put in. Those that wasn't able to make it to the work day yesterday that was praying for us, thank you for that as well. Those that didn't do either one, be here next week, and I'll tell you what you, where you can get started. All right? We'll work together. Amen. I pray we'll have a great week this week. Keep looking up, guys. Keep trusting the Lord. And know that every day, regardless of how bleak it may seem, my God's still on the throne. Amen? Praise the Lord. Brother Stormy, would you close us in prayer this morning, brother?